Hi guys, Kate here. And Jonah. Do you ever think to yourself, man, I love the stories I hear every week on CNA Newsroom, but sometimes I wish I knew more about what's happening in the church on a daily basis. It's okay if you've thought that. You won't hurt our feelings. Well, Catholic News Agency now offers a daily audio news update made especially for your smart speaker. It's called Catholic News, and it's available right now on Amazon Alexa and Google Home. You can listen every day on your favorite podcast app, too, if that's how you roll. Okay, here's how it works. On Google Home, all you have to do is walk up to your speaker and say, Hey Google, play Catholic News. Here's the latest news. If you have an Alexa, it's pretty much the same. Just say, Alexa, open Catholic News. Welcome back to the latest news from Catholic News Agency. You can also search for Catholic News in the Alexa Skills Store. Enable the skill on your app, and then ask Alexa to play your flash briefing. Check out our show notes for more information. And now, enjoy this week's episode of CNA Newsroom. Marin Latham was 25 years old when she made her first visit to a Mormon temple. For a Mormon, which Marin was, visiting a temple is kind of a big deal. There were protocols and things Marin had to do just to be allowed through the front door, an interview process, some classes, and getting a temple recommend, which is essentially a card with a barcode on it that would give her access to the temple building. Her entire life up to that point, Marin had been told that the Mormon temple was the holiest place on earth. She remembers her family made a big deal over the visit. Her aunt flew cross-country, and her family rented a van to make the four-hour drive south to Cardson, Alberta, home to the oldest Mormon temple in Canada. There was a reason she decided to visit the temple when she did. Marin saw the visit as a last-ditch effort to save her Mormon belief. Her faith was, at that time, in shambles hanging on by a thread. By the time she exited the temple, what little was left of Marin's Mormon faith was gone. Uh, it destroyed my faith because I really had in my mind what Mormonism is, and then to go through the temple and to experience this thing that had been kind of hidden from me for, this, for my whole life was so jarring and so unexpected and so unlike my normal church experience, it really, 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 it really shook my faith. It was, a, it was terrible. I, I, I think I'm still traumatized from it, actually. Today, Marin has an entirely new relationship with God. She's Catholic and primarily attends the traditional Latin Mass. But it took her more than a decade to get to where she is today. Years spent navigating a departure from the Mormon religion that shaped her life and searching for the truth searching for God. This week on the podcast, we tell the story of one woman's conversion from the Mormon religion to the Catholic Church. You're listening to CNA Newsroom, the podcast that brings you the people behind the headlines. I'm your host, Jonah McKeown. Just a quick note before we begin. Since 2018, the religion that Marin previously belonged to has distanced itself from the term Mormonism and Mormon. The religion's leader, President Russell Nelson, 
has insisted exclusively on the term the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. While we'd like to use that term as a sign of respect, we also acknowledge it's a bit of a mouthful. Plus, Marin herself, as you'll hear, uses the term Mormon throughout the interview. So, while we acknowledge the religious leader's wishes, we're going to continue to use the term Mormon and Mormon religion in this podcast, just for the sake of brevity and clarity. Marin's family has deep roots in the Mormon religion. Her mother's side could trace their lineage all the way back to the Mormon religion's founding in the United States in the 1830s. It's a very, very uh, safe world. It was a very happy childhood. We were just always around lots of other Mormon families. Um, There were always sort of stay-at-home moms and just a bunch of kids running around. My community was with God. Like, we were just very righteous, hardworking, godly sort of people. And it absolutely seemed like it was a no-brainer, like this is the place to be. And um, I never, never in a million years would have ever imagined that I would have left the Mormon church because I loved it. I love, this, this is my family. And um, just the funniest, most wonderful, resourceful, great people you ever want to meet are Mormons. Marin loved her Mormon community. It seemed like the best place for her to be. It wasn't until she started attending school that she realized not everyone agreed. A lot of other Mormon kids attended her school, but many of Marin's friends were outside the religion, and she remembers experiencing a coolness when she would mention to the parents of her friends that she was Mormon. Marin never told her family or her Mormon friends about her experience, in part because rejection by the outside world is a big part of Mormon culture. They believe that the Mormon religion has the fullness of truth and that outsiders will never understand. As Marin grew, so did her questions about the Mormon religion. You grow up in a situation, and to you everything is normal, and then over time other people, outsiders, hear about it, and you see through their eyes that it's not that normal, and you go, oh, maybe it is strange that we do this. So then you start questioning it. One of the first big stumbling blocks for Marin was the Mormon practice of baptisms for the dead. Members of the religion take the names of people who have died, stand in proxy for them, and baptize them in the Mormon temple. The idea made Marin uncomfortable. I would think to myself, we don't really have their permission to baptize people. Like, and I just remember thinking, like, what would, what would people think if they knew that we had their grandmother or their great-grandmother's name and we were baptizing them Mormon? Like, it really, that concerned me. Marin was always taught that Mormonism was a restoration of the original gospel, meaning she should be able to look back in the Old Testament to the days of King Solomon and find examples of baptisms for the dead. But when she looked, she couldn't find any. Another big stumbling block was the Book of Mormon itself, which is central to Mormon belief. To me, it seems that if we had a record of Jesus Christ in North America, or North and South America, because that's what the Book of Mormon is a record of, shouldn't the entire world be so excited about that? Like, even if you're not a religious person, that should be of tremendous historical value, but also all Christians should be really thrilled about it because it proves Christianity. Like, what if there was another independent corroborating source for Jesus Christ? Why are the only people that talk about the Book of Mormon Mormons and Mormon scholars and... Is it really just because the rest of the world doesn't like us? Or 
is there a problem with it? You know, like I really wondered about that. Marin didn't feel comfortable bringing her questions to the community. In her experience, doubt was never exactly welcome. There is sort of a culture in Mormonism where, like I was sort of saying before, you have to be really cheerful. And I think that maybe people who look at Mormons from the outside and they were to do a caricature of Mormons, it's sort of like the really brassy, smiley, cheerful missionaries that show up at your door. She said that's how the members of her community were with each other as well. And so if you have a question, uh, you have to ask it in such a way as so that it doesn't sound at all like you're doubting because that's just sort of not that supported. Like, let's say you're in a Sunday school class and somebody raises their hand and asks a really serious question. The mood in the room is so incredibly awkward that you just don't even want to go there. And so most of the time, people kind of keep it to themselves or try to research it on their own or maybe talk to one other friend about it. So Marin kept her doubts to herself, and she even tried to talk herself out of her doubts. Her life was stable, her family was happy. Surely, everything was fine. Marin's day-to-day observance of her Mormon belief included Sunday services at a local Mormon meeting house. But the Mormon religion also has temples, which you heard about earlier in the episode. Temples are scattered across the world for particular or special observances of the faith. Maybe people have seen in some certain cities, they're not everywhere, a really big, quite fancy-looking structure with usually a golden angel on the top of it or just looks like a golden statue kind of looks like blowing like a long horn those are the temples Marin said most mormons will go their entire lives without ever setting foot in a temple it's encouraged but not necessary for mormons to visit one in order to visit a temple a mormon has to secure what's called a recommend from their local mormon leadership a card with a barcode on it that expires two years after it was issued. In order to secure a recommend, a Mormon needs to be living what Marin described as a high standard of personal worthiness. That includes things like tithing, living a chaste life, and avoiding alcohol, tobacco, coffee, and tea. There is an interview process, and those who progress are given the recommend. As she said earlier, the temple was always presented to Marin as the most holy place in the world, but nobody ever spoke about exactly what happens there. Marin said most visits to the temple coincide with major life events, like young Mormon men preparing to depart on two-year missions to spread the faith across the world, or a Mormon couple on their wedding day. When Marin was 25, she decided she wanted to visit the temple. She wasn't preparing for a mission, she wasn't getting married, she was experiencing a spiritual dryness and wondered if a visit to the temple, the holiest place on earth, would help. She went through the interview and took some classes and walked away with a recommend. Marin doesn't want to share many details of her experience inside the temple. Just to put any fears to bed, she did not experience any abuse. Rather, she said she felt spiritually endangered by the ceremony she engaged in and oppressed by a solemn promise she had to make to keep her experience in the temple a secret. One thing is clear, Marin's experience in the temple destroyed what little belief she had left in her Mormon religion. Marin faced a crossroads. She knew she couldn't continue practicing the Mormon religion, but at the same time, Mormonism infused every part of her life. But 
Over the next four years, Marin slowly broke ties with her former religion. We'll share that part of her story after this short break. Stay with us. Hi, this is Autumn Jones. I'm a staff writer here at Catholic News Agency. I'm based in the Denver newsroom and I'm an avid skier and tennis player here in the Rocky Mountains. I love to write about evangelization, apostolates, and how the church serves the most vulnerable in our society. I enjoy listening to CNA Newsroom because I like hearing the voices of the people in our stories come to life. CNA Newsroom gives me a chance to learn about what is important to everyday Catholics as they seek to live out their faith. If you like listening to CNA Newsroom as much as I do, you should do what I did and subscribe. Subscribing is easy and free on whatever podcast app you prefer. Just open the podcast app on your phone, search for CNA Newsroom, and tap the subscribe button. That's it. Now you'll get the latest episodes delivered straight to your phone so you won't miss a single one. And while you're there, consider writing us a review or leave us a five-star rating. Ratings and reviews help new listeners find the show. And now, back to the episode. Marin walked away from the Mormon temple with a completely shattered belief. But as hard as that experience was, she didn't officially leave the Mormon religion until nearly four years later. I mean, a lot of people might have said, okay, you went through this terrible experience in the temple and you discovered then that your religion was really not at all what you thought. Um, In fact, you found it to be quite sinister. So why did you stay? Like, why wouldn't you have just immediately left? But it's so difficult to try to explain to an outsider how much it's your entire life. And you can't just break everything all down and leave without, I think, coming a bit unglued. Instead, Marin said she compartmentalized her experience in the temple and tried to think about it as little as possible. And slowly but surely, she began building a foundation for life outside the Mormon religion. During those years, Marin met and married her husband, who was not Mormon. She said he was a huge support when she officially left the religion. I just felt finally with him in my corner strong enough to sort of brave the grave displeasure of my family, I really feel like I thought in my in my heart, I just can't do without love. And I don't know if my family will still love me if I leave. When a Mormon leaves the Mormon church, especially if they've been through the temple, Mormons think that you will go to hell. So it's not like they just are a bit upset with me. It's, it's they're completely worried about my eternal soul. Plus, Marin was the first person in her family to leave the Mormon religion. So I just had no reference for how they would react. I've seen it happen with other families where it's pretty much like they get shunned. Or anytime they come over to a family thing, their mother just runs off crying in the other room. It's just so awful. It was tough for Marin to tell her family. Her mom cried. Her younger brother was serving on a two-year mission. So Marin continued writing him letters, encouraging him on his mission while she was leaving. But overall... She says her family was actually very supportive. With her Mormon belief behind her, 
Marin forged ahead, intent on never letting anybody tell her what to do or what to think ever again. She still believed in God, but she wanted a God who didn't demand too much of her. At the same time, Marin had long had a secret fascination with the Catholic Church. She remembers as far back as when she was six, seeing someone pray a rosary on a TV show. And I said to my mom, what, what is she doing? And my mom said, oh, that's how Catholics pray. And she said, each bead is a prayer. And I thought, oh, I, I just wanted a rosary so bad. I, like, my whole heart just yearned out. To, there was something about the rosary. And also, um, my favorite scenes in movies were always when there was shown, like, a confession in a confession booth. I just, everything would stop, and I didn't even care about the rest of the movie. I just loved seeing somebody go into a confession booth. Because I knew that right now we were about to get to the very heart of the story and whatever the person was going to say in this cozy little booth was going to be the absolute truth. Marin also had an extensive background in sacred music. And I remember I would just say the Ave Maria since grade seven, just over and over to myself because I liked how it sounded. There was just so many parts about Catholicism that were just, to me, very, very magical in a way that's really hard to put your finger on, and it was sort of against all odds. Like, I shouldn't have had those thoughts because of all the negative programming that was always around me. Growing up in the Mormon religion, Marin was taught to believe that the Catholic Church was a false church. Definitely Mormons understand authority. If they understand anything, they understand authority, and that's why the big nemesis of Mormonism is actually the Catholic Church, because they're the only other church that's claiming the priesthood authority directly from God, and all the other Protestant denominations just break off from that. So then I thought to myself, well, I'm going to go to Mass, because I understood the way maybe a lot of Protestants don't, that Catholics are the only ones that have any authority. The very next day, Marin went to Mass. It was a curious experience for her, given her background in sacred music. She had sung many Masses, but had never attended one. So... When the like the curie came up and the glory, I'm like, oh, this is okay. I I know these parts, but obviously, I didn't even know what liturgy was because Mormons don't do anything liturgical at all. Somebody gets up and talks, and then another person gets up and talks. There's no ceremony to it, so I was very much just sort of like, what are they all doing? <laughs> I I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what the word was for what everyone was doing. I'm like, this seems very, like, orchestrated. This seems very kind of precise and and dignified and reverent and respectful. And my favorite part was watching when everybody stood up to go and receive communion. I just watched everyone going up. And as they were in line, many, many people had their heads bowed and they were praying. And then they were receiving communion, and I thought, oh, these people really believe that this is, this is God that they're receiving. I was so impressed, and I, I didn't believe it at my, myself at that point, but I thought, I wish I could believe this. Like, I, I, I want this. Marin drove home in silence. When she got home, she called the parish where she had just attended Mass, and immediately signed up to join ongoing RCIA classes. I didn't understand it at the time, but I went for, it was Epiphany. 
So it's the day that the three pagan wise men just show up. And that was the day that I showed up to. Marin attended RCIA classes at the parish. She continued going to Mass and learning as much as she possibly could on her own. Over time, she learned that the Masses she was attending were called the Ordinary Form, also called the Novus Ordo. Marin realized the Masses she had seen in the movies and the sacred music she loved had more ties to the traditional liturgy rather than the Ordinary Form. I remember thinking like, oh, so I'm like, I'm like 60 years too late too bad like I because I really there's a part of me that really kind of oh I wish it could have been like the old school with the, the priests wearing the long robes and I, I just really I wished I could have seen that and I thought well I guess that's that then one day online she learned about the traditional Latin mass she came to learn she actually lived near a really strong Latin mass community so I was like, oh my goodness, uh, ooh, I was, I was so like, this is what I've been, tr-. I mean, I did find it, I was very, very impressed, I don't want to give a wrong impression of my other parish, they, they treated me so well, and they have a very reverent mass there, and I'm happy to go there when I can't maybe attend the Latin mass, but the vast majority of the time I am at the Latin mass. When I found Latin Mass, it was sort of like my whole life kind of made sense up to that point. All of the things that I loved were there. After Mass one day, Marin introduced herself to the priest at the parish. She asked if they offered RCIA. They didn't. But the priest offered to teach her himself. And so he gave me all of these books to read, and I would devour them, and then I'd come back, and we'd have these long discussions. And he just carefully, carefully, painstakingly unpicked the sort of, I say, rat's nest of my Mormon theology, because it's all intertwined with some things that are Christian and other things that are not. And it's very hard to take it all apart and figure out which is which. And I remember at one point he did say to me, it would have been easier if you had known nothing than what we have had to do. Marin was baptized into the Catholic Church at the Easter Vigil in 2018. She's part of the Archdiocese of Edmonton in Alberta, and she primarily attends the traditional Latin Mass. And she loves her Catholic faith. She had a fascination with the beauty and solemnity of the Catholic Church when she was a child, and she says the Church, now that she's a member, has exceeded all of her dreams. It's, it's sort of like the idea, you know, you can have a fantasy about something and then you go, say maybe you have a fantasy about going to Paris and then you go there and you find that there's lots of like garbage and dirty streets, stuff like that. That is not my experience of the Catholic Church. Now, I know that sometimes, especially this day and age, saying to people that you're a Roman Catholic, which I'm proud to say, um, people will go, oh, you know, the Catholic Church is kind of a mess and there's all this controversy and scandal. I came at it knowing all of that. It doesn't bother me because I went into it with my eyes fully open. And I expect that the greatest force for good in the world is going to have the most amount of corruption in it because Satan wants this church gone, which won't happen. So there's going to be an extraordinary amount of pressure of evil on the Catholic Church. And so to me, I just go, well, that doesn't change the fact that this is the church that Christ founded, and I'm not going anywhere. Since Marin left the Mormon religion, 
Her four siblings and her mom have also left. So my poor dad, he's still just left holding the torch. Her mom was also baptized Catholic in 2018, the same year as Marin. Marin said her siblings are still searching for meaning in their post-Mormon lives. One of the most common things when a Mormon leaves the Mormon church and finds out all the lies, all the things that were not as they seemed, very, very common for Mormons to become atheists and really uncommon for them to convert to Catholicism because Catholicism is its sort of like you get out of one really high-demand group and Catholicism looks like another high-demand group. But it's, I wish that I wish that if I could say one thing to any ex-Mormon or any of my siblings, it's not the same thing. It's not even close to the same thing. It's like being just lifted up and carried away in, in such beauty. All the help, all of the devotions, the Eucharist, oh, it's, it's like being given a feast, a continual feast where Mormonism is like a desert wasteland where you're just trying to manufacture a spiritual experience out of nothing yourself all the time and acting like it's great. I wish all the Mormons, because Mormons are just the best people and they're trying so hard. Uh, I just would love them all to be Catholic. <laughs> CNA Newsroom is a production of Catholic News Agency, a service of EWTN News. I'm your host, Jonah McKeown. I produce and edit this show with the help of our executive producer, Kate Oliveira. A very special thanks to Maren Latham for sharing her story with us. If you enjoy listening to CNA Newsroom, please let us know by leaving us a rating and a review. It really helps us, and it helps other people find our podcast. See you next week. Thank you.